0: it might be easy to forget based on the way that news has been flowing in the last few days in the United States, especially, but, uh, you know, kind of this, <laughs> this, uh, American centric view that we tend to have, uh, for our news consumption. And one of the things that I like to make sure to do here at the table is make sure that we are being hospitable, especially when there are people who uh, are, are facing circumstances that, Cry out for a little bit more hospitality, and that is, that is certainly what's been happening in uh, Beirut, especially in the last uh, the last week or so. In fact, uh, as we're having this conversation, uh, already uh, already about a week and a half ago on the fourth of August, and this, of course, in the context of the larger and and longer concerns that we've seen with both uh, the the state violence in the region and, of course, the the more recent Uh, COVID that that is happening in the community where you're living and in in the community where this blast happens. Uh, Juliana Salmai, who's the Care uh, the uh, Safety and Security Coordinator in Care International, Lebanon. Juliana, thank you so much for spending some time with me at the table.
1: Hi, Jared. Thank you for for hosting me and for uh, for your time.
0: Well, and I appreciate your time. I imagine for the last uh, week or two it has been especially busy and that is it's not like you've been having a lot of downtime over the last several years, I imagine.
1: Yes, exactly. It wasn't uh, a pleasant period of time here in Beirut. Actually, it was a very, very sad uh, period for all the Lebanese people.
0: There's already uh, an understanding and kind of a a stereotype of Americans as an easily distracted and and not as uh, internationally plugged in audience. And I think Like most stereotypes, there is at least a kernel, if not an entire ear of corn of truth to that. Uh, But I I think that there is another aspect of this, which is that there's been so much that's been happening so quickly that it's been difficult to follow. Can you give me a sense of what the last week and a half, since the 4th of August, what that has been, what you've learned over the time, and what your response has been through CARE, through the, the organization where you've been doing your work?
1: So, um, as you know and everybody knows, on the 4th of August, uh, there was uh, an explosion in Beirut that killed over uh, 220 people and injured also more than 6,000 people uh, at least. There is around 30 uh, persons still missing uh, until uh, the time we are, we are talking and still we're still having the ongoing rescue operation. Um, within Beirut, Jared, there's over 300,000 uh, people that they were affected by this blast and they were left homeless. Um, 60% of these people are uh, women and children. Definitely, there, there there are a lot of elderly as well affected, especially in the area that were uh, uh, affected by, by the blasts, which is mar Mikhael, Jumayzer, male um and in these areas um there's a lot of people living in poverty uh, uh without any uh, form of uh, social security um so also like we we see a lot of young people living in this in this area as well so we have um, a lot of geographic locations uh, affected around the port where the, the blast uh, took place um, uh, and all the people living in these areas are severely affected uh, by 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 the explosion um Care International definitely had an intervention following uh, following what happened I will go through uh, the response uh but I want to mention uh, Jared that Lebanon was already before the 4th of August um he was already facing what we are calling triple crisis uh and the effects of this last latest disaster uh, is, yani on, the, on the suffering population is really, really uh, severe. So uh, even before the explosion, because of the economic collapse, there's uh, thousands of Lebanese people that they were struggling to feed themselves and to feed their families. Um, more than 50% of the Lebanese population um, was living below the poverty line. And definitely after the explosion, this figure is likely to uh, to, to increase. Um, the second crisis is for sure the refugee crisis, where twenty um, percent of Lebanon population uh, are refugees. Um, so and they are, they are the hardest hit by the economic crisis, and they are very vulnerable as well to have additional disasters such as the, uh, the yeah. last one. The third crisis is the COVID-19, it's a health crisis here, and it has been increasing as well um, a lot lately. Uh, before the explosion, yeah, there was, um, the health services were struggling uh but over the last week uh, where people uh, are more and more in closer contact uh and uh unable to have the social distancing and where the medical services were also hit by the explosion so it's uh, they are more focusing on injuries uh so this is as well um an additional uh, burden on the on the health uh, sector in
0: Lebanon you talk about this this triple crisis and i think about this in the context yes. of what many people have been able to understand in communities that have that have a little bit easier of a time over the last few years many places have dealt with economic downturn Lebanon obviously much more severe uh, many places almost everywhere on the planet has been affected by by covid and yet I can only imagine the compounded impact based on already what you're talking about with, with these other two legs of this stool, but also the, the idea that you would be able to manage even simple things like PPE in, in the middle of, of an economic and refugee crisis. And that to me is, is, is so difficult. I I've seen images and I've felt the 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 connection, but I can only imagine that your day to day work is very much in the face of some of these challenges. And so, can can you explain to me, for example, when you're talking to Care as an international organization, and we've seen whether it's in wealthy countries or you know anywhere on the planet, difficulty in, for example, basic PPE for for COVID. How has that been harder when you're talking about your, and again, I imagine this is a, a you know, kind of a shop conversation in, in, in when, you're, when you're having these moments with colleagues where it's, well, you think it's, it's difficult in, you know, Germany or the United States or South Africa or, you know, somewhere, you know, uh, Singapore, for example. And I imagine it is so much harder when you're talking about it in the context of these, these compounding crises that the way you've described them.
1: It was definitely very challenging um, since the COVID-19 crisis started uh, uh, because all the reasons that you mentioned. So what we did here, because we have our duty of care towards our staff, our beneficiaries, we did encourage the local initiatives and the local, the people who were making close masks. And we kept the the, the medical ones uh, Uh, as per the recommendation of the Ministry of Public Health for hospitals, for the first responders. Uh, So we tried to seek the local suppliers that they were able to provide us with the PPE, but but also PPEs up to the uh, standards.
0: How does this storm of crises compare to other work that you've done, other work that your colleagues have done, where you're looking at these challenges and the way that they're intersecting and you're saying this is this is a uniquely difficult moment for for both the people that are suffering, but also for my skills as someone who's trying desperately to you know pull these ends together.
1: The first challenge, let me tell you, Jared, is um, being Lebanese and trying to deal with this um, Lebanese crisis. Um, so there's a part of you who is really sad to see uh your country uh going through these crises specifically after the explosion, but at the same time, you are happy uh that you are uh, able to make a difference through uh the the organization uh that you are working with um care international uh had uh, a quick response following the uh, the explosion uh, to have immediate uh, uh, immediate uh, support for the for the people uh, in need. So uh, we first had um, a kind of what we call emergency relief intervention, and it consisted of uh, consisted of having uh, distribution of hot meals, uh, um, dignity kit, hygiene kit. We also provided psychosocial support for for the beneficiaries. Um, The second second, uh, path or the second way of the the intervention uh, or the emergency relief intervention will be uh, to provide uh, multipurpose cash Uh, The money will be used for social needs, um, for temporary shelter, for example. Also, CARE will be uh, working on uh, recovery intervention, which could last for years. uh, Because as you know, Jared, uh, Sony, we have uh, the quick uh, intervention following the crisis, but the impact of the crisis will definitely continue for a long period of time. So uh, we will be having as well a recovery intervention, uh, uh, for example, to provide rehabilitation, uh, technical support uh, for the small businesses like uh, bakeries, mini markets, uh, uh, pharmacies. Um, We will for sure continue with the psychosocial support. You cannot imagine the impact of such uh, event on all the Lebanese or all the residents in the country. So this will, will for sure continue uh, to provide long-term resources to protect individual. Uh, we will be supporting small and medium businesses. We will be focusing most importantly on women and girls. They are the most vulnerable to be affected by by similar uh, crisis.
0: Juliana, I think sometimes of the way we describe and understand these crises, and I think especially you talk about the long-term commitment and how you understand that that rebuilding these people's lives will take time. So so often we describe these crises, and especially when you're talking about a port city with a lot of important infrastructure, for example, I, I think there's there's an in, there's a human tendency to tend to focus on the the cold reality. It will take. X number of months to rebuild this, this pier, and it will take more time to build, you know, these, this shopping center and this, you know, the the hospital that's, you know, basically right in the center of this blast and all this other stuff that, that is intrinsic to the, it, it's, it's real. I'm not saying it isn't real, but it's, it's, it's cold. It's not, it's not people. And you emphasize so, so clearly the desire to restore these people as much as you can, Um, I, my, my question is in, in two parts. One, um, you've talked about the, the length of this crisis and the fact that you as, as a Lebanese woman who's, who's trying to help (laughs) your fellow, fellow country people, uh, you, you know that there is so much more healing to be done. Uh, how does this crisis make that job exponentially harder. That's the, the first part. And the second part, when we're, when we're having this this conversation, how, how can we be better about checking in in the future? Not just you and me and this, this conversation that we're having, but how can people remain uh, connected as opposed to disconnect? It's so easy to disconnect, to disengage. How can we understand that there's a, a, a future that we can check in on each other more thoroughly because again uh, psychosocial I, I think i think covid has has proven to us that we all need this connection and i'm i'm the, the reason i i feel that we have to have this conversation is because of the desire to to not look away when things are hard but for both of those aspects can you can you talk about the the deeper the deeper di- difficulty that is faced uh, when we're talking about this, this human impact.
1: So in response for your first question, Jared, definitely, as I mentioned, it's not easy, easy to be responsive, being uh, Lebanese and being part of the affected population. Uh, so uh, we were all traumatized uh, following what happened. The Care International uh, was very careful about the well-being of the staff, uh, following the explosions, all the staff uh, was given uh, time to to rest, uh, uh, absorb this uh, this shock. Uh, but at the same time, um, there was this will uh, from the staff uh, to to stand up and to start uh, providing assistance um so uh, when you when you when you feel that you are there and you can provide the assistance and you can make a difference this is something um very 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 empowering for you and very encouraging as well um you would uh, you would see the the people the volunteers the youth that uh, went down uh, on the ground just to support with anything they can. Uh, so uh, it's so motivating to see local initiatives. Uh, it's so motivating uh, to be within an organization uh, willing to support, willing to have uh, uh, response to uh, to to provide assistance so when you start working when you start uh, to see uh, that you are making a difference you will be motivated Um, for the second uh, part of your question uh, jared um, uh, uh, for the continuity definitely the basics needs at, at the beginning um, are very, very important. So I'm not saying that from the beginning, uh, we were only uh, focusing on rehabilitation or uh, in the malls or whatever. So uh, the most important um, intervention uh, was definitely uh, to provide uh, food uh, to provide shelter for the people that lost their houses, so the people were were staying in the streets, uh, were sleeping uh, in the streets. So the basics uh, was uh, to provide uh, food, to provide shelter, to provide sanitation items for the people. In addition, in addition to the psychosocial support, uh, my point was is my point was is that. Further intervention is really needed and that's why uh, CARE is calling for uh, additional, uh, additional funds uh, to help uh, the worst affected people and to continue to provide help as well for the displaced people. So there's a high number of people that they cannot live in, this, in these affected areas soon anymore.
0: I'll make sure that there's a, a link in the description of this episode, if people are able to to support. I, I, I feel like the COVID crisis, because of the job loss, because of the because it is such an equal opportunity destroyer of lives. There's been this real moment of saying, okay, well we, wherever you are, because we don't have a. a, a a fantastic social safety net in this country that uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna provide, and if it means donating to someone I don't know because you know she lost her job or if it's somebody's health care or whatever i I think that there's a real if people are able to contribute or if people are able to do this, we are all going through this at least not not the blast and certainly not the economic and refugee crisis, but the 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 health crisis has been a great equalizer. Uh, and I, I think that there's a reminder of people of how connected we all are. Um, and hopefully people will feel, uh, uh, feel that connection and maybe be able to, uh, to contribute. I'm thinking about the enormity, and I use that in the real sense of the, the, the word of the giant tragedy uh, that is the, the several hundred thousand people that are you know, displaced by this. Of course, uh, Beirut, no, no stranger to displaced people, as you, you already said, and and I w- one of the things that I saw in the response again talking about disasters that kind of equalize uh, uh, th- this blast was an equal opportunity destroyer uh, of 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 people and and I know that. Uh, you know we can talk about the refugee crisis and how that has affected people in one or two strata of the socioeconomic ladder similarly with with covid and 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 the the, the financial sector you know it tends to be certain groups of people who were already poorer off already less well off that that were dis- affected most strongly but because of this radius because of this uh, this impact and the, the nature of, of what the destruction caused. No one was spared. Can you talk about how that has has that has that broken some of the fever on your side of this where you might see people who don't normally give a damn? and and yet suddenly because of the way that this has broken through social barriers similar to what i was describing about covid but but i'm sure different because of the community that you're in has this has this broken people's ability to ignore because of the way that it's uh, uh, affected people of all different types over the last uh, 10 days or so
1: Yes, Jared, I cannot agree more. I mean, uh, if you were in Beirut and uh, you would see uh, the people after the explosion, all the people from different areas. So volunteers came from the north of the country, from the south, from the Bekaa Valley. They all came to the affected areas in Beirut in uh, in the vicinity of the port to help, to support. So they were... uh, supporting in anything they can they were cleaning the houses they were re- removing the dust they were helping the elderly and it was from different areas from different uh, uh villages from different groups so um it was um an unfortunate uh, uh event but when you see all the people gathered uh to support and to help you would you would see and you would feel uh how uh, strong lebanese people are how courageous they are how they stand next next to each other when there is uh, a crisis when others are really uh, in need i would like here uh just uh, to say something jared that in an event um, such uh on a large scale of casualties destruction displacement women and girls are likely to be amongst the most vulnerable groups. Um, You would see in Beirut family uh, separated uh, uh, because of the displacement. Uh, And this will definitely increase the number uh, of female-headed households that are particularly vulnerable. So um, Care International is focusing on women and girls that will likely face increased vulnerability uh, uh, to sexual and gender-based violence, especially during the first week where the shelter conditions are not yet secured uh, and where thousands of people are still sleeping on the streets. Uh, um, So uh, our response at Scare International will put the specific needs of these women and girls uh, front and center, as well as making sure to, incl- to include uh, uh, their uh, opinions, their views at all levels uh, in our response as we go forward with this uh, with this response. Uh, you mentioned something about the people. Um, as I said previously, Jared, there's 300,000 people left without home, without houses. Uh, the hospitals are affected. There's uh, difficulties now uh, because of the port uh, explosions. It was Beirut ports was in, was in charge of 80% of all uh, the the export and import operations in the country. Mm-hmm. So would you imagine now how the economy will be more and more affected and how um, people uh, needs will not be uh, yeah, I'm satisfied
0: and of course uh, as as you rightly point out the uh, the people who have often shouldered the burden the more difficult burden uh, women and girls uh, will will continue to uh, to to have that burden yes. in a disproportionate amount and uh, and I'm I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing Juliana and and so grateful for the time to to talk about this to um to to uh, attempt to explain and and hopefully get people to feel and understand the the gravity of this crisis uh juliana Salmai who's the care international lebanon safety and security coordinator you have been on the front lines of this and i'm so grateful for the uh for taking some time to talk with me about it it, it feels uh it, if people cannot hear the 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 depth of it in your voice, I I, I, I struggle to uh, imagine their humanity. So I hope that they can they can hear that and they can uh, understand uh, how to how to connect with this in a more meaningful way. Thank you so much for your time and for joining me at the table.
1: Thank you, Jared. Thank you for your time and thank you for highlighting on on this. We're really grateful for that.